and welcome to... back to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Jeff Bryan, who is Karate Kid, original member of Karate Kid. He was a singer-songwriter, and he's also the keyboardist for the band Survivor, who coincidentally had the theme song of Karate Kid, which I think is pretty cool. So, hey Jeff, how are you? Hi, how you doing? Good. Today? I'm good. <laughs> how about you? I like your well, my, the listeners won't be able to see this, but you're in a very blue room. So you have a very blue mood. I like it. <laughs> yeah, my, my studio is colored blue today. I don't know why. Just is. Blue, it's just called, like you said, it's calming. Yeah. So it gives you like that calming. It's calming. And, um, you know, it's funny. Our house is blue. <laughs> it just happens to be the color blue. And I got these really cool blue lights outside. And... I don't know. I dug them. So I put them in here too. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like what kind of lighting? Is it like the little like Christmas type lights or like, no, no, they're like Mal Malibu lights, you know, on the, that light the, the structure. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Very so they're cool. decorative. Yeah. Decorative, yeah, cool. decorative lights. Yeah. I think if, I want, I would love that in my room, like pink though. I'm a very pink girl. I have a lot of pink in here, but. <laughs> oh Yeah. So that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Like that's my um, like uh, logo and everything. It's all pink and black. So it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Pink lights in my office. Well, I, I always, I always, um, I like to dim the lights when I'm working, not off. Cause then I can't see I'm already right. blind enough, but uh, you know, I like them. I, I don't know. I like, I like the lights to be not in my face, but when you're doing video stuff, you kind of need bright light on your face. Right. Um, but recently I just said, you know, if I'm going to dim the lights, why don't I just put some colors and just have fun with it? And, and I got this cool little handy dandy remote, which you can't see, but. Oh, okay. See, I can, if you want yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah. There. Wait, there, see, I changed. Yeah. You can't, you folks at home cannot see this. Right. Very but, cool. Yeah. We yeah. have these candles um, that are the fake candles. And they have, they're, they, they light up like that. And it's the same, um, yeah, the same remote and everything. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. So I don't know, just something fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's like, just cause you can change it at any time. That's what I like. It's like, you don't have to keep everything the same color. You can change exactly. it as you want. And, and sometimes white light or regular light is just too in your face, you mm -hmm. know, when you're working. You know, obviously, when you're on a movie set or you're doing photography, you need light. So that's that makes sense. But right. But when you're not um, doing that kind yeah, of stuff, you I, don't need it. Exactly. OK, so we've bored people with lights now. That's OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of movies, you're an original cast member of Karate Kid. How, how yeah. did that come to be? And what was your time like <clears throat> during that? Well, that was in 1984. So just so that people know that's the original Karate Kid. I mean, is there any other Karate Kid? Oh, yes, there are. But the only one I'm concerned with is Karate Kid, the original 1984. Uh, I keep saying 94 because I can't believe how many years it is. But um, how did I do that? Well, I was singing um, at a club, believe it or not, when I was like 16, 15, 16 years old. Wow. And it was interesting because in L.A. they had these. I, I'm from Los Angeles and they had the Roxy, which is the famous Roxy on sunset. And there was a show called the two short for primetime players, which was a matinee for children, which I was singing in. I just, every weekend, you know, they weren't paying us. 
because <laughs> you know that would be that would be too too cool. Um, but you know, it was fun to get up every every weekend and play and you know just kind of learn your craft in front of other kids and on Sundays they had parties and that's when they'd have these matinees and so I'd come in and it was like a variety show you'd have yeah. all these actors and kids and stuff and they were age groups from like four years old all the way up to I was the old guy 16 and <laughs> um, I was pro I was probably too old for this show but I was writing music for these for all the kids and I was oh, you know I put, I, I put I put like a house band together and you know I did what I could at that age and it, it got popular and um you know so like Eyewitness LA you know the, the news crews came and started doing little uh segments on, on it and from there uh they decided the Merv Griffin show but I'm really showing my age here but Merv Griffin show was like Johnny Carson who's yep. Johnny Carson was like the Tonight Show was like Fallon um back in the day and um, so anyway, they did a little story on on this show and they yeah. had some of us, some of the performers come on TV and perform. So, so cool. I sang I sang on the Merv Griffin show uh, first time on TV at that time. And um, uh, that's kind of what led me to sort of accidentally falling into acting. I was not an actor, nor have I ever really aspired to be one. Um, but, you know, I was a musician and I was a young, young and looked really young, especially at 16 <laughs> and 17. And um, I got an agent. Somebody just saw me on TV and, you know, plus working with all those stage kids, stage moms and the kids that yeah. were like, you know, there were tons of agents and people floating around. And um, anyway, I guess they saw dollar signs or something because, you know, Porky's and all these little crazy movies were out for, you know, teenage angst mm -hmm. movies. And uh, it was real popular then. So everyone thought they could, you know, make a buck or whatever. And uh, so I got an agent and they sent me on a bunch of commercials, which I never got. But oh. I got but I did get theatrical stuff. So Karate Kid wasn't the first movie I was in. I was actually I actually starred in a movie that was a feature film prior to getting Karate Kid, <clears throat> which uh, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but it's called Hot Moves. Um, you can look it up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, it really bad movie, but it was kind of like in the vein of Porky's and Fast Times at Ridgemont High and all that yeah. stuff. And so um, I was going out on interviews thinking, you know, OK, I'll do this acting thing. I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And then and then I got this interview for this movie called Karate Kid, which um, really was only supposed to be two weeks it was um, basically just was a really tiny part. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I went on the interview and, and uh, I met John Avildsen, who's the director, the, the famous Rocky director. <laughs> and um, it was exciting. And so I, I got that. And then uh, before I even got on set, they, uh, they extended my contract for the entire length of filming, which was about three and a half months or so. Wow. <clears throat> which I was surprised because I didn't see that much of a part, but they weren't sure how much they were going to give us. So there wasn't just me that they extended it to. There was Frankie Avalon Jr. was in the movie, um, Israel Warby, uh, a guy named Tim Daly, and then um, Tom Fridley, who was, you know, funny. He was, uh, there were, every one of these people were like famous related to famous people in some way tom fridley yeah. was um was uh what's his face um anyway uh, john travolta's cousin 
or nephew. Right. Oh, and Frankie cool. Avalon, Frankie Avalon Jr. was Frankie Avalon's son. Right. So, I mean, there, it was like this little crew of like, you know, Hollywood fun things. So like, we like had royalty nothing, kind of. Yeah. Well, just just people that had been in the business, you know. Right. And then there was me who, you know, who was I? I was just some, <laughs> some, some kid from Woodland Hills. And um, you got to get anyway. your start somewhere, though. Yeah, right. So, well, I mean, the funny thing was, is that I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't identify as an actor like these guys. I, yeah. I even Frankie Avalon Jr., who is a drummer, he didn't even identify as an actor. You know, he, he was yeah. a musician. I think they hired a couple of these guys because they, they, they were sort of, you know, they were connected or whatever, you know, I'm, I, because none of us really had parts, you know, we had scenes we were in, mm -hmm. but it was weird. You know, it's like we would yeah. show up on set and I would go to my trailer and there would be redacted lines and they didn't need as many actors as they hired for the movie. It, okay. it really, the, you know, the, the storyline really revolved around, um, you know, uh, Daniel and the, the teacher Miyagi. Mm -hmm. So it, it really, there wasn't a lot of stuff for us to do. So we were on that set bored to tears for for weeks on end and you know we we would go to frankie avalon's house and 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 uh af, after shooting and uh billy zapka me um a couple of the other guys and frankie avalon we would go up there and jam you know and we'd have this little, little band session or something and i mean it sounded like shit i'm sure but <clears throat> we were uh you know just kids having fun we were just all yeah. fresh out of high school it's you know, so cool. Yeah. And bored. Fresh out of high school and bored. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it could be a movie or something. <laughs> well, nobody had any idea what we were working on. Nobody knew that this was going to be a movie, like a really right. big movie. Everyone just thought it was a job. You know, here we are. You know, I feel like that's kind of how it always is. Right. Because like you, until it really something hits, because like when you're first at any job in the like acting you don't necessarily know that it's going to be some big hit. No, we, we didn't. I mean, you know, we knew that, I mean, you know, Ralph had just finished, I think, um, The Outsiders, that movie uh, that was, you know, with um, everybody, <laughs> you know, Rat Pack. I mean, everybody was yeah. in that movie from Patrick Swayze to, you know, just <laughs> it, so it was a lot of people. And then he, he, so we knew who he was and Elizabeth Shue was obviously, you know, but at that time she hadn't done any films yet. She was still kind of undiscovered, right. just getting, getting started. So it wasn't like a cast of big stars, you know, everybody was sort of a newbie. They had a lot of connections. There were a lot of people that were connected to people, you know, Chad yeah. McQueen, Chad McQueen was in Karate Kid and, you know, Steve McQueen's son. And I mean, there was a lot of like really connected Hollywood people, but nobody with real big um, movie draw names at that right. time. A lot of these people went on and had bigger careers afterwards. So when you were done filming, did you get to go to like to the big premiere? Did you get to do all the yeah. like afters? How was that? The was premiere <laughs> was, you know, it was kind of frustrating. I'm going to be honest, you know, um, uh, I spent what I felt at 18 years old, a good portion of, of that year contracted to a movie where I was told not to work because <laughs> they contracted me and you were on call, 
which means I couldn't go out for interviews. I couldn't go and get a job. Oh. I was contracted. Now they were paying me handsomely to stay home, but it was frustrating as an 18 year old trying to get going. Right. You know, and at the time I was like, I'm working on this darn film and I can't get any work. And then when the movie's over, I didn't have a whole lot of footage to show for it. Right. So, I mean, I had a bigger bank account, not huge, but I mean, for an 18 year old that never worked, I had some money, but that was really all I, I had. I couldn't, I couldn't take any footage and go, look what I did to the casting agents. I could just talk about it. Right. And um, so, so yeah, it was bittersweet, really. It was like, is this thing freaking over already? You know, it, it kind of dragged on. And um, yeah, it would have been better had I, I mean, I had some parts and I had some speaking lines, um, right. but not a lot of them ended up in the movie. So it was oh. even a, it was a double slap in the face, you know, to go see the premiere and go, well, took that line out. Oh, I'm not even in that scene now, right. you know, you're not, they, and it wasn't me. I mean, they weren't like singling me. It wasn't like, well, Jeff, of can't course. it wasn't <laughs> that it was they they took out a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, they took out full scenes, you know, they 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 just it was Columbia Pictures and um, Jerry Weintraub was producing it. And, you know, and so it had a big for that era, it had a medium sized budget. And so I think they they kind of I mean, I was used to coming from like these little tiny indie films, you know, I had just done a movie, you know, uh, in four weeks, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, for like a, you know, really skinny budget and this was Columbia pictures. And so they, they kind of, um, covered a lot of bases. Yeah. And I, and they over, you know, like most movies, you know, they film more than they need, but unfortunately they just, they, they had a lot of characters that they didn't develop. And I was in that non-developed yeah i was yeah. sort of in that in that area so it was frustrating so but i mean certainly it was exciting you know it was something to talk about something to do and right. um you got to remember though when it came out it was in 1985 84 um so it was a year after we shot i hadn't seen these people for a long time and nobody in that movie even then nobody was like a big star or anything so it wasn't right. like a star-studded event with you right. know you know, Brad Pitt or something, you know, showing up at the, it was just, uh, of course, I don't even, how old was he then? He wouldn't have been there. Never mind. But <laughs> you get my, you get my point. Yeah. Um, so it, it was uh, a fun event to go to, but it, it was just like, Oh, kind of, um, I got to go back to that. <laughs> like, Oh, it was so long ago. I don't even want to do it. any. like, yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. It's like, I moved on. Um, so when did you, transition from doing movies to now becoming in a band going into a band well i never transitioned i it was more like acting was sort of a uh you know kind of a kind of a, a supplemental ac accidental kind of side road um i you know i was a singer musician i play keyboards and piano and mostly a singer at the time and that's really all I was concentrating on. It's really all I cared about. Yeah. And um, this, the acting thing just kind of, it was an opportunity and see when you're in any business, when you're mm -hmm. trying to get started, you, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to shut doors, you know, that open for you uh, because for you sure. don't know where they're, you don't know where they're going to lead. So I took these opportunities knowing that they weren't really, I wasn't really sure that I was that, I mean, I certainly wasn't confident, in my acting skills. I mean, you yeah. know, I had 
never even taken an acting class. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't really literally an actor, but I was young and I looked younger than I could play. You know, I probably, I, I was 18. I could probably still play 14, you yeah. know? So I think a lot of agents at the time, especially since, you know, those John Hughes movies were so popular back then. And I was up for all of those. I, I, I interviewed for, uh, you know, for, um, just so, uh, 16 candles I interviewed for, um, uh, you probably won't remember this. Well, maybe you will. It, do you remember what was the name of the movie? It was, uh, Red Dawn. It was the reason why I forget Red Dawn was about, um, Patrick Swayze was in it and C. Thomas Howe, all these people were in it. And, um, remember it was a movie about, uh, Russians took over America. They, they, no. yeah, it's called, it's called Red Dawn. It was a huge okay. movie. And um, I was, I mean, I was up for a lot of the, that wasn't a John Hughes movie, of course, but I was up for a bunch of those. And at that time period, because that was sort of what was trending at the time. Right. And, and it was really popular. And I think a lot of agents kind of jumped on that bandwagon. Anyone that looked young that, you know, kind of could play because if you could play 14 at 18, that saves them a lot of money on social workers and stuff. Right. But you're so, of age, so it didn't, right. it didn't matter. They can work you like an adult and don't have to spend the money on a teacher and someone on right. set. On set, so it's dollars in their mind. So <clears throat> I think the question was, how, oh yeah, so I didn't, I didn't actually leave music. Right, I didn't you transition. Always, yeah. uh, hello, I didn't transition. <laughs> <laughs> what you, what you can't see is something just flew across the screen. Um, anyway, uh, I didn't transition to music. I just sort of transitioned out of acting i just didn't get any more parts yeah you know um I, you know it was after karate kid and that whole you know uh weird episode of that that whole year i did tv shows i was on a a couple uh walk-ons for some series and yeah i mean there was there was some i mean i had um i had started to build a little bit of a, a resume as an actor but uh in hollywood but it wasn't actual acting you know <laughs> you know it wasn't like i was doing like you know, these plays and, and, and stuff, I, I probably would have benefited from that had I been interested in it, but yeah. I didn't do it. I, I was really kind of feeling frustrated. I was like, well, I just want to get back to music. So what I did after Cry to Kid uh, is I went back to what I was doing originally, which was putting bands together and writing music. And, you know, um, I suppose if there was YouTube at the time, I'd be putting youtube videos out you know but yeah. they you know that that wasn't, wasn't a thing yeah. it wasn't a thing yet um so you know i i had played i i mean i had been playing in the clubs and kind of playing in the circuit so to speak uh since i was 13 wow. you know my first yeah. my first time in front of an audience was probably 12 or 13 years old singing so <laughs> I, I, I by the time i was 18 this was like normal you know, yeah, like so second was, nature. Yeah, it was normal for me to find a band or go do a open mic or whatever I was doing at the time. So I was pursuing that. And then I, I landed a bunch of different. Um, it's hard to explain because back in those days, there wasn't there weren't as many, um, you know, there wasn't Netflix. There wasn't Hulu. Right. But, but there were instead there were a ton of these independent video makers that were making what they called home video mm -hmm. and home mm -hmm. video, home video was, it meant that you could go to the video store 
and buy a movie or buy a video or rent a whatever and yeah. take it home and and have your own collection of things that you like that aren't necessarily you know on tv and so there were a ton of that was kind of really really popular there and so i i kind of started scoring music for a lot of them that well whatever i could get and um so you know i was writing music and performing and that's what i've been doing since you know since the prehistoric age <laughs> I know it's so crazy to think now, like where we're at compared to even 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Like, it's just so crazy. The difference. I can't even begin to, to where to start. It's it's right. It's literally almost seemed like it changed overnight. And it did because the Internet once once um, once like enough. Caught on. Yeah. yeah, well, once enough people st- had fast enough Internet access, which now generally most of the people in America and most parts of you know the, the civilized world have good Internet access. Yeah, it's it's changed everybody's world and life, some for the good, some some not, which yeah, is a conversation kind of for. Another. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation um, that we could have. But um for music, it certainly changed the music business. It changed the movie business. It changed the auditioning business. It changed everything. And it didn't really happen as gradually as it might look looking back. It happened pretty quickly. It was like one day, this is how it's done. And then like a year later, it's not done like that anymore. Right. And you have to like, kind of keep up on the trends. Yeah. You want to like be successful in whatever industry you kind of have to keep up. Yeah. For me, for me, fortunately, I, I can say that, you know, performing hasn't changed, you know, and right. that's why you see so many of these artists from the eighties. It's sort of like, if you had a hit in the eighties, it's a gift that just keeps on giving because <laughs> these guys are, they make most of their money performing. Right. Just like they did in the eighties, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I don't think that's going to be replaced anytime soon. You know, I think the only thing that's changed in that sense is just how people get the music. Well, yeah. Well, music's free now. So if you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, if you come to a show, you pay for that. If you want something special, then you pay for that. But if but music is sort of like it's sad to say, maybe it's sad. I know it's just a different model is that music's more music's more like an advertisement now for something else. So here's my song. Come see my show. Right. Nobody who how many people actually pay for records anymore? Was, I mean, maybe a streaming service, but they're paying what one billionth of a penny for a you know Spotify right. pays what, what sixteen one six and you don't even have to pay Spotify like you can get that for free to a degree if you want to watch commercials yeah right exactly. but if you don't so then yeah it's subsidized by commercials or you pay for it and either way you're not paying for the music directly and the music that the musicians are getting is really embarrassingly low you know yeah. It's a shame, but it is. Um, so how did you meet Survivor? How did you become a part of the band? I have no idea. <laughs> Isn't that a rewarding answer? Uh, satisfying answer. Um, honestly, I, you know, I've been playing in LA for a long time. I've been playing with different bands and um, I just got an email one day, literally. That's what happened. Just my... <laughs> Bless you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she sneezed, folks. Um, uh, so um, I got an email and um, 
it just, it was one line. It just said, would you be interested in playing keyboards for Survivor? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Who sends an email like this? So um, I didn't even know if it was legit. Yeah, like it sounds almost you know? like a spam. Because like <laughs> I don't really... I don't really know. Well, I know I knew the keyboard player, but I didn't know I knew him. It was just somebody I was connected with online. Um, and um, I didn't really have any connections to them directly. So I was surprised. So I answered the email and, you know, the rest, they, as they say, is history. But um, I haven't I don't really know. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah, it just kind of happened. This one of those things that I don't have a cool story for. But it's still you know? just in, in itself, it's a cool story. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, it's not like I've been in my room for 30 years, you know, I, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, you, you can Google me, you can find, you know, stuff I've done, uh, some movies I've worked on and other things. So, I mean, it's not like totally surprising that they might, someone might call me, but it was surprising in that they weren't people that were in my immediate circle. Right. Or anyone that I knew was in my immediate circle that connected me. So it was kind of shocking, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, just, it's kind of, it's just cool to like be wanted, like for something in a band, like to be asked. I just think it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, I mean, first of all, they, I had the tiger Rocky three and which was the theme song, Rocky three, of course. And then Rocky four um, burning heart. And then Karate Kid, Moment of Truth. I mean, they yeah. had three major movie songs, not to mention right. all the other hits that they had. This wasn't like, you know, a one hit wonder band. They were they were monster songwriters. Right. You know, and to work with them or at least meet them and 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 play this music for people was extre extremely exhilarating, you know, and, and fascinating. So. Yeah, I'm I'm really grateful that that came into my world. But it, it wasn't sounds like something. you've had like a cool life, though, like just some of the things you've gotten to do in the projects. It just sounds like a cool like. Life yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining about it. Mm -hmm. I am complaining that COVID kind of knocked things on off. Yeah. I mean, I was just, you know, in uh, 2020, I was actually I had all my bags packed and I was just about to you know, get in the car to go to the airport when they told me, I think we have to cancel the tour. And oh. it was in, in March of 2020. Uh, and we haven't gone back out since. Right. So I, and I don't really know if they're going to, to be honest. So, you How know, come? well, Frankie Sullivan, uh, he wrote Eye of the Tiger with Jim Peterick. He's still in the band and he's original guy and he's 67. And, you know, his health is, could yeah. be better. Let's just put it that way. And I, I don't really know if it's worth it to him to struggle. And no, I understand that. You know, you're in Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. You said Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And they're from Chicago. So, I mean, we've played everywhere in Michigan, everywhere in Chicago, everywhere in Iowa, everywhere in Indiana, mm -hmm. you know, that whole St. Louis, that whole circuit. And they're huge in the Midwest. I mean, they're huge everywhere, but primarily the Midwest. And the last year that we were touring, we mostly stayed in the Midwest. And I know why, because it was easy for, for him to travel. Yeah. You know, easier, I should say. Yeah. Um, for me, it wasn't easy. I was in LA. So no matter what yeah. I did, <laughs> I had a four hour flight, no matter what I was doing. 
but for them, it was sometimes they drove or sometimes they flew, <clears throat> you know, and uh, to go on a bigger tour, uh, we were planning, I think we were planning a new album. We were planning all kinds of things. And then COVID just kind of shot it to hell. Yeah. So I have no idea what the next chapter will be. That's kind of scary and exciting at the same time. Just kind of see yeah. what happens. Yeah, well, I don't really have much choice. <laughs> I guess that's true. None of us do. <laughs> no, that's true. Because um, I'm sure COVID must have screwed things up for you too. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm I not the only one. I used to be in a studio, and now like I do it from home. But I've also it's also helped me in ways because I've gotten to like meet so many people that I might not have had on the podcast had it not been for COVID. Like, but yeah. it just it was good and bad. You said you're a graphic designer. Um, I do or a custom, photographer. No, custom design. So I do like wine glasses. Like, oh, you uh, actually, oh, you design products like wine yeah. glasses or, or specifically wine glasses. Like I put stuff on wine glasses. Like I design, oh, gotcha. like I'll, I get a wine glass and then I, you can put whatever you want on it. I, I see. So yeah, graphic design. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's fun. Um, and I never would have done that probably without COVID. So like certain things have helped me, but other yeah. things have hurt me too. It's just everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's killed the music business. Yeah. I mean, I should say it's killed the music performing side of the business. Right. You know, and it's just, you know, there are acts. I mean, you know, we would tour with uh, Loverboy and Cheap Trick and Lita Ford. And, mm -hmm. you know, we would see a lot of these acts on the road. And and um, a lot of them are going back out and some of them aren't. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, just it's different, it's, too. I mean, you have to be in like in masks and uh, not to perform, but like. The yeah well it's and like that's not even the hardest part that's not even the hardest part the hardest part is every one of these bands including survivor has a crew has a road crew has has people that support the band that are employed by the band and they don't all live in the same area so right. when there are so many restrictions depending on what state you're in what city you're in yeah. what venue it, It together that some bands have elected to wait and i'm assuming that's what survivor is elected to do yeah no i can yeah. see that um thank you so much for coming on and i'm i was it's been so great talking to you and hearing your stories um, you. i have a quick game to play with you oh it's just a uh five question um rapid fire a little bit about you okay so the first question is drink of choice Oh, water. The good one. Full boring <laughs> for me, but it's it's good for you. <laughs> it's boring, but water with lemon for me. Oh, okay. Um, do you have a favorite TV show, movie, or both? Uh, I, right now, I'm real. I love I love science fiction. Good science fiction is hard to find it. The yeah. Expanse is my favorite show. It's over now, but The Expanse on Prime. Okay. Um, you're talking about an older movie, though. You anything. Know, um, anything. Um, uh, Hunt for Red October was probably one of my favorite movies. I love okay. Sean Connery. So, I got gotcha. you. Um, advice you have for your younger self? Um, slow down. Smell the roses. <laughs> yeah. Um, five words to describe yourself. Um, interested. Um, that's well, I mean, you just five words. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can do a couple more. It's up to you. No, I know. <laughs> um, I think I'm, uh, um, uh, wow, introspective, uh, 
um, excited, um, you know, um, uh, probably too careful. Um, that's four. Um, I, I got four. That's okay. You can have less, you can have more. I just figured five. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. People are probably thinking you can't come up with five words. Jesus. Um, <laughs> well, it's also on the spot. So that could yeah. be too. Well, because then, some of those, because some of those words are kind of similar, you know? Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I still find myself um, learning and trying to be um, fresh. There you go. Fresh. <laughs> I okay. like it. And then the last one is what does success mean to you? Wow. Success is an enormous word. Um, I, I, I can tell you what I would like it to mean, but I, I think what I honestly, you know, when you're younger, you, you, you want to live, you want to be successful at the things you do, you know, you want to, you want to, and what is that exactly? So I'm already successful in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm living life on my terms, you know, as much as I can, mm -hmm. meaning, meaning that, um, you know, I'm not, punching a clock, you know, nine to five kind of thing. That yeah. isn't my style. And I learned that very young that that really doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I'm, I, I, I think success is to be able to define, define the parameters that work best for your personality and to be able to do that. Even if you're not rich or, or, right. um, you know, have some insane kind of famous thing going on. Um, that's not really as important as, you know, being happy when the lights are off at night. Yeah. You know, if you can sleep all night, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you're not like, you know, just going through all these horrible scenarios in your head. That's success. <laughs> I like it. I, I think you're right. Um, where can my audience find you? Well, the best place is my website, which is um, Jeffrey Brian music.com. That's J E F F R E Y B R Y A N the word music.com. All right. And I will put that in the description below. I appreciate um, it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories and your wisdom on the music field and just everywhere. Um, thank you, Alexa. I appreciate it. Of course. And this was another episode of Hey Alexa. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.